Hello and welcome to today's episode of the ABCs, Authors Between the Covers. What makes successful authors tick? What does it take to sell that manuscript? Is self-publishing a good option? Or is selling your book to a big publishing house still the only way to fly? What about keeping up with your first big success? We'll talk about all this and more on today's show, hosted by journalist and publisher Hope Katz Gibbs, author of Truly Amazing Women Who Are Changing the World and PR Rules, The Playbook. Hello, and welcome to this month's episode of Authors Between the Covers. I'm Hope Katz Gibbs, producer of the show on the Incandescent Radio Network and Incandescent TV. I am so excited about this episode. You are going to meet the author and the daughters of the gentleman who wrote The Earthbound Parent, How and Why to Raise Your Little Angels Without Religion. The book sits above my shoulder. Uh, Richard Kahn Jr. is the author, and I had the privilege of meeting him when my other client, Peter Newworth interviewed he, Richard, and his colleague, Leland Faust, about their project to teach people to think critically. So this book is fascinating because with religion is obviously such a powerful topic in America, right? It's very divisive, and this book is a little controversial. So today we are going to have his gorgeous daughters, Nikita and Natalie, talk to him a little bit about the book and how it was, what it was like to be raised by an earthbound parent. So take it away, ladies. Thank you. So our first question is, if, is parenting fun? Parenting is the best part of my life by far, um, especially when uh, someone is lucky enough to have such lovely children, both my older children and, of course, the two of you. So, uh, yeah, parenting is great fun, sweetie. Um, what's your favorite thing about parenting? You know, I guess uh, for one thing, it um, it provides a wonderful sense of uh, meaning in life, certainly for me. I think most people are um, uh, sort of uh, th think about what matters to them in life. And, you know, for some people, it's something spiritual or for others, it's their work. Uh, and, you know, for many, it's a mixture of different things. But certainly raising children, uh, you know, provides that meaning in life. And just generally, I, I enjoy so much seeing my children grow and, and do well and feel good about themselves and have fun. Um, it's just a wonderful way to live. Uh, so I always, I always recommend having children to people. Uh, in fact, I, I was thinking that I probably indirectly am responsible for several hundred children by persuading guys I meet on planes and trains who are thinking of getting married, that it's a great idea and that children are worth, uh, worth the effort. Why do you believe the book is controversial? That's a good question. The book is controversial because it encourages parents to consider raising their children without uh, a belief in any supernatural being, you know, any sort of a God. And for some people, in fact, for probably the majority of people on our planet, their identities as people are, are somehow tied up with the idea that they are related in some way or, or somehow of interest to a supernatural being, to a God. And so it, it can be disorienting for those people to consider uh, an alternative, which you know, does not uh, have that, that narrative. Uh, and it can also be, uh, to some degree, frightening for them. 
to feel that uh, we're in the midst, uh, you know, a, a small piece of sand and a massive, massive set of uh, oceans, a billion times larger than the Pacific, uh, floating in the middle of nowhere, and th that that's a, you know, too frightening for many people to consider. So that that's that's the controversial aspect, I think. Uh, but also in our societies, religions have a great deal of power. And so it's it's a bit controversial to take them on. Uh, they, uh, for example, as a as an elected official, one would have difficulty holding a job uh, if if one were not uh, to at least espouse some religion, uh, because for many people that's a a hallmark of an ethical person. So the book also challenges that assumption that ethics are in any way tied to uh, to some religious beliefs. Um, so that's that's basically it. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, what? What's that's sweetie? Really the way you pair in comparison to like people who um, raise their kids with a religion. Well, I think there are a lot of differences. Uh, for one, I save a lot of time in your life by not making you girls spend your time in religious settings, you know, praying or listening to different types of religious ceremonies um, or talking about you know, deities, gods, whatever, uh, all of which are subjects I, I don't think are real. And so uh, there's a time savings, but it's also an attitudinal aspect. I think by not having that mindset that we're tied to some supernatural being, I think I've taught you to sort of take responsibility yourselves and that the world is real and that, you know, your actions uh, have consequences. Yeah. So all of that sort of flows from the idea that it really is just us. Beyond that, you know, obviously I believe in active parenting, but that's not, you know, that, that's different than what many people do, but not necessarily because of the religious component to it. And out of your four children to whom you dedicated the book, who was your favorite? Yes, you, you told me you were going to ask me. <laughs> well, the way I usually do that is by looking at all of you sort of at the same time and saying you, right? And <laughs> but actually, who is my favorite child? Let's do eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You're all wonderful to me, and I'm thrilled to have each of you. You're all, each of the four of you are completely different, but I love you each, of course, equally. And uh, But you're, you're each special in your own ways. I, I have different relationships with each of you, and... Um, you know, as I say, I uh, it's hard to choose, but I know you're just teasing. You know, I can never choose. Although I would never say that you're anything other than my favorite. And I would say the same to each of the others. Okay. Those are all questions. Okay. Those are the questions well, you have? Yeah. We understand. Yeah. You understand the book now better? Yeah. Ah. So I have a question for you. How have you liked being raised largely without television? you know, without and without uh, media, you know, social media for most of your lives, doing things like ballet and music and and being involved in actual activities, learning all sorts of instruments and languages. You know, you speak yeah. Russian fluently and Mandarin without an accent and English quite well. Well, obviously, I'm I'm happy that I'm not wasting my life on technology, but I I would like to be able to spend my time socializing more with my friends and hanging out with my friends and going to parties but at the same time I think it's helped me learn more and like get more from life instead of just sitting on my 
phone and like um computer. I agree I think it exposed us to more both languages academics I think it's kind of a waste of time just watching tv or hanging on um, social media platforms so I definitely think it was beneficial that we grew up without television and yeah phones yeah we had just to be clear for the this this video we, we obviously exposed them to to movies and shows that we picked yeah. through the years it's just not not using it as a babysitter yeah and uh and now also as you're getting older now you are getting more use of phones social media all that stuff you know the transition begins, but we we lasted much longer than most parents do, and yeah, and took an approach that's very different than uh, than what what most American families do. Definitely, <laughs> amazing. And now I have some questions for you guys. Okay, so did you feel odd not having TV and tech and religion, especially in your family, when your friends probably did? I think at some point I did in school, a lot of kids would have their phones during recess or be talking about popular movies and I would kind of feel left out because I was just out of the circle. But I also feel kind of appreciative because I felt that while they were wasting time watching those shows or looking at social media, I was learning, doing homework and studying languages. So I think um, sometimes I felt the downs of it, but I think more overall, I appreciate the fact that I wasn't on social media and wasn't watching TV growing up. Yeah. And I was going to say, you became a chess champion of yeah. Connecticut at a very young age. Sorry for interrupting, but she's too, too modest. No. Yeah. I think that like, definitely do feel sad that I wasn't able to have all like social media and TikTok before, because I think now that I've, because this year I was given TikTok and more social media, like more, I was allowed to spend more time on my phone. I got a lot of like there's a lot of trends that you pick up off of social media and then you incorporate into your daily lives that you say some new things and it like adds on to conversation so obviously I feel like I was left out from that before but at the same time I feel like I got a lot more from life and I wasn't as I guess like zombified by technology like all of the rest of my people my my school were during yeah so I, I'm, I'm grateful that I wasn't overly exposed at a young age but now that I'm getting older, I think that I should have more free free, free time and, and like choice. I, you know? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys speak fluent Mandarin and Russian, and you've obviously traveled a ton with your dad, who has done a remarkable work in Russia and playing chess and all this kind of tennis. And he's just a celebrity on so many levels. What is it like? Being in this world, not necessarily what you missed, but what did you gain? I think that once we travel to China, to Russia, I think it exposes us to many different cultures and we get to, you know, connect with more people around the world and learn a lot more things than somebody who is not trilingual. So I think that it's definitely much cooler to go to different places, talk to different people, see what their perspectives and their points of view are. So I definitely, I love being able to speak Mandarin and Russian. Yeah, I think traveling was super fun. We went to like Russia and China and like knowing the language, you, you are able to connect with people and you also are allowed, to, you, you can share your own thoughts. Like they ask questions, you, you, you tell them what, 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 what's cool in America and every, I don't know. I just think it's super fun. And yeah, I'm glad that we have, that we've learned languages and traveled because other kids in our school have it. So. And, be, and because of some of the things they learned, they got a lot out of some other trips. For example, we 
uh, we're lucky to be uh, the guests of the world chess champion in Dubai. In Dubai. All right. Do you want to tell them about that trip? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. We got to see Magnus Carlsen um, play Nepo at the world chess championship. And it was just an amazing trip all over. And yeah, it was obviously we also yeah. gained a lot of experience. Dubai is crazy. Um, we were very bourgeoisie. <laughs> the, the other thing I liked about it was when the games were going, we only stayed for one of the games, although we were there for three days. They actually were spending a lot of time analyzing the game that Magnus was playing. I mean, their chess is really good. And so they were able to connect with people on that level as well. Yeah. And uh, even even meet a, a minor, well, a variety of former world champions and other people as we traveled about. It was a lot of fun. Pretty amazing, like startlingly amazing. <laughs> so do you feel like you are like odd man out having had all these experiences that your friends haven't had? Yeah, honestly, I do. I feel so special at school. Like <laughs> I, I'm famous. No, not really. But I mean... I guess I do um, feel like I've had a lot more experiences than the people in my school because I have a lot of friends who haven't even traveled out of the country. So I think that it's definitely like we're very fortunate to be able to travel, gain knowledge through other countries. But I also think that, yeah, I do, I do feel like an odd one out. I do. I think that I, I'm definitely special. If, if I could add, like you're just talking about being special, and it is in a positive way. Uh, she... Uh, She's traveled on her own, well, on her own with, yeah. a, with a group, without parents, to Japan and to into Russia, you know, to Sochi, where she, uh, you know, among her accomplishments, she actually won, I think when she was 13 or 14, a worldwide ballet competition yes. that included, you know, hundreds of people from throughout the world and, of course, many, many Russians. Yes. And so, you know, developed sort of a poise and a skill level uh, that, again, is is reflective of uh, of not wasting time on other things. Uh, yeah. And I think you got you enjoyed that a lot. I right? it, but then because of school, I had to quit. But I would say that, yeah, if I had tech, like if I had um, screens involved during that time, like um, social media, I'd probably not do well at school because I had too much time um, dedicated to ballet. So. <laughs> so Nikita, what do you want to be when you grow up? So I'm in between either doing modeling or acting. And yeah, I'm not really sure how I'm going to get there, but it's going to happen. Sure okay. <laughs> and how about you, Miss Natalie? Um, I definitely want to go into medicine. I'm thinking of being um, a cardiologist, which I wanted mm -hmm. to be since I was six or seven. Um, five. Or, yeah, five. five. <laughs> or an anesthesiologist, um, but I definitely want to be in the medical space overall. Yeah. Wow. And Richard, so you have four children. Tell us about your other two. <laughs> <laughs> Nikita whispered to me, nothing special. <laughs> she, uh, sort of faux jealousy. Um, no, but my two older children are uh, in their late 30s. And, uh, and Nikita, by the way, is 16. Natalie is 13. Uh, so they're like 38, 37. Uh, my eldest uh, is a uh, uh, is a teacher up in Boston at a private school. Uh, she had gone to Wesleyan undergrad and then got her master's at Harvard. And she uh, now has three children. So I have three grandchildren up there and she's got a great husband uh, who's working up there as well. So they're going to be based in Boston. And my son is a, a lawyer he is uh, now back in the New York area practicing corporate law. 
uh, and about to get married, is my in my sense. And uh, uh, so no children yet from him. Uh, but he, and he went to Dartmouth undergrad and then Georgetown Law. So both seem to be doing just fine. Um, but you know they're adults now, so they're they're pretty much on their own. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah. But both very sweet kids. That's awesome. All right, so I have one last question for y'all. So. Nikita and Natalie, will you be earthbound parents? Will you raise your kids the way that your dad and mom did? Definitely. I, I mean, think I will. I'm yeah. Like the, yeah. I think it's just the best parenting I also, style, personally. I, I, yeah, I believe it's the best parenting style. I think that... Um, I would I would not... I wouldn't personally want my kids going to, like, church or, like, praying or any of that. So, yeah, I think that it's a good way to raise your children. And also, it's a way that you won't have any conflict or, like, I don't know. I think it's just easier. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, by not having some religious attachments, I think it's better because children can spend their time doing other more productive activities, learning more. So I, I definitely will raise my children as um, an earthbound parent. Excellent. All right. Last question for you, Richard. Would you do anything differently? Well, you know, it's hard. If you're talking about in the parenting space, I, I really can't think of what it would be. Obviously, I'm not a perfect parent, and uh, I'd you know like to think I'm trying to improve all the time. But uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe would have uh, had more kids. No, I I think four is enough for me. <laughs> that was my limit. But um, I'm I'm glad I jumped in the second time, and obviously have these two you know wonderful children, um, whom I'm crazy about. Uh, certainly no regrets. Uh, but then again, I, I've yet to meet a parent who regretted having children in having their children. It's uh, even if it's a lot of work and there are struggles. While I think one can have a great life without children, I think if if people have the choice, it's uh, it's certainly to me the way to have a meaningful life and to really enjoy your life fully. I totally agree. <laughs> so thank you so much to the Yes, Nikita, Natalie, and Richard Kahn Jr., who is the author of The Earthbound Parent. And I love this subtitle, How and Why to Raise Your Little Angels Without Religion. So go get it on Amazon. Even if you disagree, I think you'll find it to be a spectacular read. So thank you all. Thank you for being on Authors Between the Covers. You are our cover story at Incandescent PR and Publishing for August. So we look forward to hearing. I'm sure we'll get some feedback. <laughs> so Very thank you all. I hope your dreams come true, ladies. That's it for today's episode of the ABCs, Authors Between the Covers, hosted by journalist and publisher Hope Katz Gibbs author of Truly Amazing Women Who Are Changing the World, and PR Rules, The Playbook. Be sure to check back next week on the Incandescent Radio Network for another interview with a successful author who is happy to share their story. Here's to writing your heart out and keeping your dreams alive. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>